Amen. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And I hope you enjoyed that time of worship. And uh, we did it a little bit different than usual, than normal. We uh, dimmed the lights just a little bit and kind of gives us a little bit more of a, of a focus when you do that. And, uh, and hopefully it was something that, uh, that you felt that way um, and, and something that uh, encouraged you as, you as you did that in the time of worship this morning. Staying faithful. We've been talking about this the last two weeks, staying faithful, and we've been studying what 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, 7, and 8 say. We've been taking one verse every week and looking at what Paul was telling Timothy on how to stay faithful. Paul is at the end of his ministry. Paul is basically in his last few days of life, and he's sharing with Timothy what he has learned and what has helped him to stay faithful to God. We learned in verse number six that Paul said, you got to look inward. You got to ask yourself, what are you pouring your life into? And then you got to also ask yourself, what am I weighing? What is weighing me down? And, uh, and Paul basically told Timothy, you got to weigh anchor. You got to move forward if you're going to stay faithful to God. And then last week we looked about looking backward. In verse number seven, Paul said, okay, I have fought a good fight, I have finished the, my course, and I have kept the faith. And, and we learned uh, in the Greek the grammatical importance of the perfect tense. If you remember, I said the perfect tense means an action that was done in the past, but that is still being done even in the present. And how Paul was telling Timothy, yes, I have fought a good fight, but I'm fighting it still. Uh, I have finished my course, but I'm running still, and I have kept the faith, and I'm keeping it still. And if you're going to be faithful, you're going to have to look backward in your life and, and say, am I still doing what I decided to do long ago? The decision that I made, am I still making that decision today? And this morning, we're going to jump into verse number eight, and this, should ought, this, this ought to encourage you. I only have like seven pages of notes, all right? So it should be short, all right? You're saying, well, what is usual? Usually, I have like 14 pages, all right? So we ought to be out of here in 10 minutes. I was, I was talking to Brother Norm before the service, and he said that uh, at the church that he'd go with his wife before, the pastor would be done in 10 minutes. I said, we need to invite that guy to come and preach. I mean, that's the kind of services we need. But um, sadly, my intro usually is like 10 minutes. But I'm going to try to cut it a little bit shorter. Uh, there's really, it, it is a little bit of a shorter message, but something that I hope will encourage you and encourage us to remain and stay faithful to God in our life. Because here's the reality. The Christian life, the Christian journey is long and tiring. It's not short and quick and easy. I wish it were. I wish I could stay up here and stand up here and just tell you guys, oh man, listen, being a Christian is so easy. It's probably the easiest decision you've ever made. It isn't. All right? Now, it's the best decision you've probably ever made, right? But it's not the easiest decision. I, I think the best uh, you know, example of that or, or maybe comparison is kind of like marriage, Right? When you found that good and right wife or that right husband, man, that's the best decision you've made. Yeah, I love married life. And I always say I do a lot of premarital counseling, and I tell the, uh, the, the couple that's about to get married, I say, it's the greatest life there is. But it ain't easy. 
Right? Any marriage that's happy and joyful ain't easy, but it is fun. Right? And that's how the Christian life is. It's long and tiring, yes, but it can be really fun. It can be the best experience of your life. And, and because, though, that it is long and tiring, the secret to the joy, the secret to having the peace that the Christian life can give you is found in you being faithful. That, that's where it's at. And, and it's funny because it's very similar, once again, to marriage. A lot of the marriages that I've spoken uh, to or married couples, they, they tell me, man, it, just getting to year 15 was great, but year 30 is even better. And year 50 is even better. And I have found that many couples have told me the longer I'm with this person, the more I love them. Just how it is. And I tell you the, the truth and the Christian life, the longer you walk with Christ, the more you love him. The, the, the funner it is, the better it is. There's just something about being faithful that, that brings all of that together. And uh, in verse number eight, Paul sh is sharing that with Timothy. And, uh, and I love it because he's, he's kind of reminding Timothy as well. And I feel like we all need reminders in life, don't we? I mean, it's so, it's, it's, I don't know if it's funny. It can be comical sometimes how, how fast we can forget things, right? It kind of reminds me of that couple that was uh, at, the, uh, at the airport. Maybe you heard this, uh, but the couple was going on vacation and, you know, they, they were in line and they had all their bags, bags packed and, and they're waiting there. And suddenly the, the husband turns around to the wife and he said, man, I wish we would have brought our piano. And the wife looked at him and said, what are you talking about? We have 16 bags already. He said, oh, I know, but the tickets were on the piano. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to be reminded, right, about some things. And in verse number eight, that's what Paul's doing. He's giving a reminder to Timothy. He's saying, look, we've already looked inward. We've looked backward. But let me also remind you to always be looking upward if you're going to be faithful. Always be looking upward. And I want you to notice how he phrases it in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. He says, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. Paul's finishing his thought here to Timothy of staying faithful. He's, he's finishing Hey, Timothy, I, I've, I've talked to you about being faithful. Let me just remind you of two more things. Timothy, you already know what I'm going to say, but I, need, I just need to remind you about it. And all of us need that sometimes. So if I can this morning, I just want to remind you about what Paul told Timothy. A reminder that we can all use this morning on how to stay faithful to God. Here's a first reminder in your notes if you have them. Christ's immortal reward. Christ's immortal reward. We must never forget that there is something that we're moving towards in the Christian life. You see, uh, the Christian life is not all about moving away from something. Now, if you grew up in church like I did, sometimes you get that feeling that that's what the Christian life is all about, right? Hey, uh, uh, you can't do this. Can't go there. Hey, you can't even talk that way. Hey, you can't be watching that. Hey, hey, hey you can't be dressing like that. Hey, you can't be... And, and suddenly the whole Christian life turns into like what we cannot do, right? What we're not to do. 
And Paul tells Timothy, let me remind you of something, Timothy. The Christian life is not about what you cannot do. It's not about the thou shalt nots in the Bible. No, the Christian life is about moving towards something. It's really moving towards someone. And so the first thing that Paul reminds Timothy about is the reward that is waiting for those that are walking in the Christian life. For those that are staying faithful, there is a reward. The first thing he tells Timothy, he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. There is a reward that is waiting for you and for me. Now notice that it is a prepared reward. I love the fact that, that, that Paul says there is a, a reward that's laid up for me. That, that word laid up, it means to be reserved. right? It, it's something that's being kept for him. It cannot be given away to someone else. It's not going to just the first one that gets there. No, Paul said, look, it's reserved for me. For the race that I've run. It's something I'm running towards. And he said, Timothy, if you can just keep this in mind, you'll stay faithful. There's something you're running towards, and that's a reward. There's something that, that, that Jesus has for you as, you as you go through this Christian life. There's a crown of righteousness reserved for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I love things that don't expire, don't you? Uh, j- just, um, you know, three weeks ago, I guess it was now, or two weeks ago, I was, I was sick. I had, I had COVID, and, and uh, I, like a good, uh, um, you know, COVID patient, decided to give it to the rest of my family, right? Because sharing is caring. That's what they say. So, um, sure enough, I, I gave it to uh, my son, Elijah. He's seven, and he, he came down with a fever, and I was telling Rochelle, like, all right, well, let's, let's go get him the, the, the medicine there in our cabinet. And, and I opened the cabinet. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm, we're the kind of like parents that we buy like for the decade. You know, we're just going to buy the Tylenol. This will last us the rest you know, of his life. So um, I get the children's Tylenol, and I look on the expiration, and it had expired. I don't know, like six months ago. And I was like Googling. I don't know how many of you guys do that, but I started Googling. Can I give expired medicine? And they're like, you know, what I read on one of them was like, yeah, it may not have the same effect. You know, I got the syringe and right there, gave him, gave him uh, 10 milliliters of, uh, of uh, Tylenol. And sure enough, it did nothing. <laughs> uh, his fever was still kind of there. Um, so if you, if you would have asked me at that time, like, wouldn't it be nice to just have a Tylenol that doesn't expire? I'd been like, yes. I love things that don't expire. Things that you, it's, it's just always there. And the thought here that, Paul is sharing with Timothy is, listen, just remember, you're running towards something. There's a reward, and it's, 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 it's for you, and there's no expiration date. It's just waiting for you. Finish your race. Finish the race. Finish the race. Keep running. Keep going. Keep fighting. Just, just get to the end. I understand you're moving towards something. I love what 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter, Peter shared the same exact thought Uh, with those that he was writing to. And he said, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. No expiration date. It's a crown that's prepared for you. And each and every one of us, listen, if you're a Christian this morning and you're being faithful to God, can I tell you, there's a crown for you. Nobody's going to take it. Nobody's going to steal it from you. It's something that is there waiting for you. And Paul said, Just remember, that'll keep you faithful. 
that will keep you going sometimes. Listen, uh, life's just not easy. And there are times when you want to quit. It is in our nature to want to quit. It's human nature. It's human nature to, after a while, just be selfish and do what I want to do. And Paul said, listen, don't let that overtake you. Just, just stay faithful for that reward is waiting for you. It is a prepared reward, but I want you to notice it's also a personal reward. I love that, that Paul said, listen, it's laid up. God has it laid up, but then he says, and it's for me. It's something personal. Not only is it something that doesn't expire, not only is it something that's reserved and waiting, but it's for you specifically, you know? Now, there's much debate. Are these real crowns, actual crowns? I have no idea. You can, every commentator would probably be different. I don't know if they are or not. If they are, I would imagine that each crown is going to fit you just perfectly, all right? He knows your head size. That's how personal it is. If you go to Lids and you want to get a fitted cap, or get me one, it's seven and a, I'm seven and an eighth, all right? But not everyone is seven and an eighth. When it comes to the crown that Christ has for us, it's something that's personal for you. It's not generic. It's not run-of-the-mill. It's not just like every other reward. No, it is one that is personally given to you for your faithfulness. Most likely, your reward will be different than mine. If you read the parables of Jesus, he says there were some that had talents of ten, some that had talents of five, some that had talents of two. They were all different. But they, the measuring bar wasn't how much of what you had. It's just were you faithful with what you had. Now, the reward is personal because it's just about your personal faithfulness. God's not saying, well, if, you know, if you went to a church this big, your crown is this big. It's not that at all. It's just based on were you faithful? Did you finish that, that race? Did you keep moving? Did you keep going forward? I love in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul was sharing kind of this principle with uh, the Christians at Corinth. And he said, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. He's saying it's personal, it's yours. According to the work and the faithfulness that you've put. So Paul said, look at Timothy, you want to stay faithful? Look upward. Timothy's saying, what am I looking up towards? One, the reward. It's a reward. It's one that doesn't fade away. And it's waiting for you. And it's perfect for you. Perfect. We're not going to get up there and go, oh, this is what I got. Okay. We ain't going to do that. It's going to be something like, this is what I've always wanted. It's perfect. Listen, nobody knows you like God. We're getting close to February 14th, Valentine's Day. You know how I know that? Because Rochelle's been reminding me every day, literally, right? And what's the big challenge? The big challenge is get her something that she wants, that she likes. I remember one year, that did not happen, okay? I read her totally wrong. For you that like purses, she was for a while into D&B purses, Dooney and Burke. And I thought, this is going to be perfect. 
I'm going to give her the Doogie and Burke purse. It's a black and white purse. I know she liked it. Bought it, gave it to her. She was like, oh, thanks. Like no excitement, no nothing. And, you know, I was a little bit, you know, not as happy about that reaction. And I, I, thought, I thought you liked D&B. She said, yeah, like five years ago. We're not in style anymore. Ugh. You know, we're not going to do that with the reward that awaits us. Paul said, it, it's for me. It's something that, that Jesus has perso- personally made for me. And then he said, and it's for you too. The first thing he said to be reminded about is the reward because that will keep you faithful. This isn't, you're not, listen, we're not doing this in vain. This isn't for nothing. The sacrifices that you make here for God aren't for nothing. Listen, when you sacrifice your money and you say, I want to give to this project, I want to give to this uh, missionary, I want to give to this church, listen, it's not in vain. It's an investment. And Paul said, there's a reward for that. God's not against rewards. It was, it was his idea. He said, you know what? To keep you faithful, just remember there's a reward. Right? You know what will keep you going through the pain? Is that there's something at the end of this. Now, I'm sure there might be a few that run marathons just because they just like to run. But I can tell you growing up, I like running races that have prizes at the end of them. Right? And it doesn't have to be first. I just want a prize. Yesterday, we were at a birthday party, and my son, it wasn't his birthday, but he still wanted a candy and a present, right? He just wants something. Paul said, Timothy, don't forget there's a reward. Secondly, we'll be done this morning, Christ's imminent return. After he tells Timothy, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me on that day, and then he said, and that to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You see, the second thing we, not, we must not forget is that Jesus is coming again. Now, sometimes this used to be something that would bring fear to people. You grew up in church, it was like, oh, he's coming. You better watch out, right? It was almost like the reverse Santa Claus effect, like you better, you better watch out. Jesus is coming. And the fact of the matter is, the Bible does teach that Jesus is coming to judge and condemn. But he's coming to judge and condemn the world, not us. You see, whoever is in Christ is a new creature. We are part of the family of God. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. We're family. Now, now here's the idea. Is that when we get to see him, we're seeing family. The idea is, listen, there's going to be, when Jesus returns for us, there's going to be joy and peace. That ought to keep you faithful. The fact of what is coming, that he is coming. You know, Paul was often reminded about how ugly life can be. He was in prison many times. He was beaten many times, shipwrecked, abandoned. They talked about him behind his back maligned, hated. He knew how ugly life can be. And I, I kind of wish that I could tell you that only Paul knew the ugly side of life. But you know what the, the reality is? We all know the reality of how ugly life can be. You've probably experienced at some point someone stabbing you in the back or not being nice, 
probably experienced what it is to have loss and to lose things that you really love and cared for. You probably experienced what it is to be alone, to have anxiety and depression. Probably not new to the majority of us. We know life can be tough and how tough it can be. And that's what ought to make Jesus return that much more awesome. Is that that's going to be over with. <laughs> that, that, that's going to be done. When Jesus comes, he's bringing joy and peace with him. You see, we will experience for the first time since before Adam and Eve, that was the last time that someone was experiencing the joy of what this world can be, of what this planet has. And when Jesus returned for the first time since then, we're going to experience that. Uh, we're going to experience what it is to have relationships that are in harmony, to have no more sickness and war and horrors and hatefulness and death, destruction and terror. We're not going to know what that is when Jesus comes. It's going to be joy and peace. Paul said, listen, you know what's going what's to maintain you being faithful, Timothy? Is just remember he's coming soon. It's all going to be over soon. John was talking about a funeral we had on Friday. Amanda Rabanal was, I think, in her mid-80s. And maybe you're finding this out too, especially when you think about we're almost in February of 2022, that time is flying. It's funny, I can talk to someone that's in their 70s. I won't say who because then they may not like that I gave their age away. But I can talk to them and I'll ask them about their teenage years and when they first got married and they say, it was like yesterday. It was that fast. Seven decades they've been on this planet and they can remember things from 50 years ago when they were 20. And I'm going, wow. One of the things I learned from that is life goes by fast. Fast. Paul's reminding Timothy, listen, the reason you ought to stay faithful is because life goes by fast. It'll soon be over. And there's joy and peace waiting on the other side. And we may not have to get, go through death to experience it. We might just have Jesus come. <laughs> and there's going to be joy and peace. He said, now, Timothy, that'll make you stay faithful. Think about that. Think about what we're running towards. Hey, think about who's coming, Timothy. Bringing joy and peace. And then notice 1 Corinthians 2.9, as Paul described it, he said, but as... It is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But the other thing about Christ's appearing, his imminent return, is that he will bring us closer to him. Paul always longed to be with Jesus, and he mentioned that to many people. In fact, in... Uh, in the church at Philippi, as he's writing to those Christians, he was writing about this. And, and, and I, what sticks out to me is, even though there is rewards and we're running towards it, 
Paul wasn't excited to see Jesus because of what Jesus was going to give him. And there's nothing wrong with rewards. Jesus left them so that we can have something to, to keep us on track and, and staying faithful in the, in the race. There's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. But I'm saying that, that, that Paul, man, he focused on this a lot. He said, I just want to see and be with Jesus. Uh, the New Living Translation in Philippians 1.23, it says like this. It's in your notes. Paul's writing, and he says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live knowing this. I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. One of the things that Paul was always mentioning is, I want to be with him. Now, right now, Jesus has something else. And he's saying, no, 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 just keep running your race. But he said, I can't wait till he's here to be that close with him. I wrote this thought down because to me it made sense. You know, there's a huge difference between FaceTime and in person, right? My boys, they, they, uh, my in-laws live in San Diego, California, and so they FaceTime all the time with them. But when they come and visit, it's so different. Uh, like when, when they're on FaceTime, you know, something happens and distracts Elijah or Jordan, you know, on the TV or a toy. And, and they just, you know, they walk around and they go over to the toy. And, but I notice when my in-laws are here, they don't want to leave their side. There's just something different. Their presence, just, just being here to, to hold their hand and, and to give them a hug. And, and, and if they're not listening, to turn their head, right? Like that, Grandpa, I'm, I'm talking to you, you know. There's something different about being in person. And, and Paul says to Timothy, listen, stay faithful because he's coming back in person. We're, we're going to have a chance to walk with him and talk with him. To just hang out with him, just to be in his presence. Someone that had experienced that when Jesus was on his earthly ministry was the Apostle John. And in the very last book of our Bible, in almost the very last verse, he writes this. I, I put it there in your notes, Revelation twenty two twenty. He which testified these things saith, surely I come quickly. And then he, John says, amen, even so, come Lord Jesus. I kind of feel like the longer I'm in this race and the longer I'm trying to be faithful, the more this reality is, is greater for me. At first, I used to be like, what do you mean come quickly? There's a lot I still want to do. I still want to get married. I still want to live life. I, I still want to enjoy what I can. And, but someone has said nearness is closeness. The more you walk with Jesus, the more you just want to be around him. You know, the more that him coming isn't something to scare me. In fact, it doesn't scare me at all. In fact, I'm to the point where I'm like, can it just be today? I'm ready to live in a world of peace and joy. I don't know about you. I'm ready to be able to just put my arm around him and say, hey, thank you. Jesus, thank you for always being there. Jesus, thank you for listening when I was having a bad day. Jesus, thank you for listening to my complaints sometimes. Thank you for putting up with me. 
Hey, thank you for providing what you did for my family. I just want to thank you in person. And there's just something about the imminent return of Christ that Paul said, man, it just motivates me to stay faithful. And Timothy, it'll, it'll motivate you. Just look upward. Look at the reward that awaits. And look who's coming. He said, if you, if you get a hold of that, you'll never want to leave. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. So, this morning, if we're going to stay faithful, we can't forget. Look to the reward that Christ has for you. Listen, look to the return that he is coming soon. When it, listen, when it feels like it's easier to quit, come into church and quit reading your Bible and quit praying, remember the reward. When it's easier to just unfriend that person and not talk to them anymore and just hate them, when it's easier to do that, remember the reward and who's coming. Remember. Before you go down that path, just remember this. And maybe it'll, 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 it'll save you from, from years of loneliness, from years of not being joyful and Years of not living in peace. It's interesting. I am um, reading through the, the book of Second Chronicles where I'm at in my daily reading. I've read this story many times, but there's a king by the name of Asa, A-S-A. And it says that when he came in, started his, you know, his kingdom as king there with, with uh, Judah, the southern kingdom, that he was following after God. He was doing what was right. He was tearing down the false altars and the bells and and he was, he was uh, setting up the temple the way it ought to be and the right kind of worship. He was trying to put the right kind of laws in his kingdom. And, and the Bible said that all his enemies were at peace with him until his 36th year. And in year 36, it says that the king forgot all of that. And in year 36, even though that God had delivered them from a, an army of a million when all they had was about 180,000 soldiers. The Cushites came, and King Asa said, we cannot defeat him, God, and he, he turned to God, and God delivered him. And then another kingdom came with a, double the size of the army of his, and he said, God, we cannot do it, and God delivered him. But in the 36th year, King Basha of the northern kingdom was going to attack them. And instead of turning to God like he had been doing before, King Asa turns to the king of Syria. And he gives them all the gold that the temple had. And he said, if I'm, listen, I'm going to give you all the gold and silver that we have here in our temple if you'll just become my ally and get that, the northern king off of me. The king of Syria did. And he did that. No more problems from the kingdom of the north. And then you read that Shemaiah, the prophet of God, came to King Asa and he said, you know what you did? You didn't trust in God. Because you didn't trust in God, who had already delivered you from so much, you no longer will have peace around you. And you'll be at war the rest of your kingdom. You know what King Asa did when he heard that? You would think he would say, you know what, I was wrong. You're right, for 35 years, God's been faithful. Instead, he got mad. He put the prophet Shemaiah in prison. He said, I don't like the 
word that you shared with me. A year later, God struck him, and he had a disease that impeded him from walking. And you can read this. It's in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 10. And it says of this, it says that after all of this, after Shemaiah, after the disease to his legs, it says King Asa never returned to God. He died in year 41 of his reign, five years after. He said, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm done. He forgot, the Bible says, the Lord his God. I assume Paul knew that story pretty well and was thinking of that when he writes to Timothy and says, listen, henceforth, Timothy, there's a crown of righteousness. It's laid up for you. One that was waiting for me that I shall receive, but not me only, you too, Tim. Think about that reward before you quit. He said, hey, and Jesus is coming soon. Think about how awesome that's going to be before you quit. I just feel like that's something we need to be reminded of today as well. We're going to stay faithful. Let's keep looking upward to what awaits us. What's on that other side? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your truth. And I, I thank you for the principles that we find in this passage of 2 Timothy. As this hymn writer once said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And Father, it's so easy for us sometimes, though you've been faithful, for us to be unfaithful. It's so easy to take our eyes off of you and start looking at the circumstances so easy to start looking at what's around us and we forget totally about what's ahead. Oh, Father, maybe that truth will keep us faithful. If we can just keep our eyes on the reward that you have for us. If we can just keep our eyes on the fact that when you come, everything changes. And Father, I pray that as a church, we would remain faithful to you. I pray that as fathers and mothers in this room this morning, we'd be faithful. As children, we'd be faithful. Help us not to quit this race. Help us to always and ever be looking to you. And I ask this, Father, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Brother John.